hands for the worship on today. Hallelujah. Bless his wonderful, marvelous, matchless name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. It's a glory cloud in the place. It's resting on the house. You know, there's times where you, you may experience darkness and you may seem, it may seem gloomy and you may think that peril is at hand that, you know, things are just not going your way. But the darkness doesn't always indicate destruction or peril. Sometimes the darkness is just the shadow of God covering you, keeping you, protecting you. It is the presence of the Lord. I felt glory. That's why David was able to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Watch, because God's shadow was overshadowing the shadow of death. It was God's presence that was covering even the shadow of death that kept David safe. So that's why you got to know that when darkness comes, you got one who is there with you. Who will never leave you, nor... Father, we thank you. God, we give you the glory for never leaving us nor forsaken us. You abandoned all, God, to come give us your all. Jesus, you left everything to give us everything. You left glory to come down to reveal your glory to us. And for that, we thank you. For that, we give you the glory. And we give you the praise. Come on, one last time, clap your hands and give God glory in this house hallelujah come on bless his name real loud come on come on hallelujah come on he deserves better than that he deserves much much better than that hallelujah thank you jesus amen and amen hey listen for my sake if you're here for the first second or reoccurring time what do you mean by reoccurring time you've been coming and coming but you have yet to join you're not a member yet as Brother TJ said earlier, if that's you, just for my sake, would you stick your hand in the air and wave it? Just amen. Amen. Come on, stick it up a little bit higher. Just a little bit. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hey. Praise. Even for those of you online, if it's your first time tuned in to our live stream, we thank God for each of you tuning in. Some great and uh, amazing things are happening here around Elevate Church, so we're excited what God is doing. On yesterday, we held our Kingdom Wealth uh, Building Seminar, a workshop on yesterday. Uh, Pastor, yeah, amen. Will Campbell of B1 Bank came in, did a dynamic job in instructing us on how to create generational wealth for your family. You know, one thing that we're, we're good at as a people is leaving debt to our family. There are some things that uh, you have messed up in life, and when you go on, somebody else have to pick up and take over. Okay. Amen. Amen. And so the Bible declares that we ought to leave an inheritance for our children's children, that we should have something left over that can be a blessing for generations to come. 
And so often we take this thing what the world has called. Notice I said the world. And it has creeped into the church. We call it the prosperity gospel. The world calls it that way. Let me say that. Not we, but the world. Right? There is no such. Hear me, beloved. I feel strong in the Holy Ghost. There is no such thing as the prosperity gospel. The gospel itself is prosperous. How do I know? Because every time that I read the word of God, my soul prospers. I feel increase. And because I begin to practice these principles, then things around me prosper. So the whole word of God is prosperous. Don't let the world fool you about this prosperity. Gospel, tell them, yes, it is prosperous. Because every time the word of God comes into enlightenment in my spirit, things around me change. Things around me grow. Things around me bloom. Things around me blossom. Listen, if you don't catch hold of this, then you'll be walking around here. Watch this. Whatever doesn't grow, dies. And God's word is life. And every time you read his word, it brings life into your situation. That's prosper. That's prosperity. Some of y'all just thought it was money. Rings, things, house, cars, boats, and all of that. But the word of God prosper us. And God wants you prospering. He doesn't want you to stay where you are, small. Okay, let me go, let me go up there to Clinton and St. Francisville for a second, or maybe even further down the road to Opelousas and Lafayette. He don't want you to stay Tinachi. Y'all don't know what Tinachi is. It's mean little. God wants you to grow and to grow bountifully. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So yesterday was an amazing time. Uh, also, we are preparing, getting ourselves equipped for our 10th year anniversary can we give the lord a hand clap of praise for that greater grace for the vision to believe belong and become and so in in efforts to make sure that we have a phenomenal time and celebration uh for our 10 year celebration uh amen and some of y'all religious folk may not like but we we're doing a raffle amen to uh to raise money for our anniversary 10-year anniversary. We've got a lot of things that's going to be happening from now to that time. And uh, so uh, we're doing that. $10 donation. Amen. And you have the opportunity to be blessed with either, well, I think, how much? Five? I felt in my spirit 10. So maybe they need to buy two. Maybe that's what it was. Amen. She said $5. $5. Amen. You get 60-inch television or a 10-speed bike. Amen. So you'll be blessed with one of those two items just by your donation as we prepare ourselves for our 10-year anniversary. We've never done an anniversary celebration here at Elevate Church. And though it's Pastoral Clergy Month today, appreciation, amen, we've never done a pastoral anniversary. Amen. We celebrate King Jesus. Amen. So the Lord placed it upon our hearts to celebrate this year because it's a decade of what God has done through this church, through this ministry. Lives have been changed, transformed, and impacted. So it's a big moment for us as a church. Amen. Uh, can we give me the numbers in the back? I lost connectivity so we can get ready for the word of God today. Uh, on this month, we've also decided uh, throughout our time as we make preparation is to honor those who are business owners, entrepreneurs here at Elevate Church. So every week and month, we're 
uh, highlighting, featuring businesses here at Elevate Church, and we're permitting them uh, to give you opportunity to partake of their goods and their services, their products. Uh, so you'll see in the foyer, R&B Treasures, R&B Treasures in the foyer. It's not uh, rhythm and blues, so don't think you're about to buy a CD or some music, but she sells pralines or parlines, however y'all want to say it, or back in the country, pecan candy. Pecan, pecan. Amen. We all got a way of saying it. Pecan, pecan, pralines, parlines, however you want to say it, I'm just going to say it, it's delicious, all right? So if you never had her pecan candy, go out there. It's, I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's like crack. Yeah. It's like crack. I never had crack before. I don't know. But I've seen the results of it. She needs to be in the foyer talking about, I'm your pusher. Yeah. Because <laughs> after you have it, you'll be like, man. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get you. But so, so what we've been doing is all month long and weekly, we've been uh, permitting them to, thank you, sir, uh, permitting them to set up in the foyer so that they can uh, provide you with some of their tasty treats or products and whatnot. We've also, by the Spirit of God, has been tellering the messages around their business or their business name. Like on last month, we had Brother Marcus with his clothing brand, Positive Behavior. So God gave us word on how to have a positive behavior. Amen. So today with R&B, and it's funny because I had purchased this sweater probably about three and a half, four years ago, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to wear it. It's just been sitting in the closet, and I know what y'all thinking, man. That's just wasteful for sitting in the closet, but I believe God had it for today. Amen. Because it has R&B on it. Amen. Huh? Thank you, sir. And, and y'all know every now and then that R&B spirit hit me and some old song come in my spirit. But amen. Let's go to work. Let's go to the word of God today. Grab your Bibles all over the place. It's going to come together for you in a second. Everything has relevance. All standing, if you would. All standing as we go to the word of God. Grab First John chapter number two, verse number five. We're also going to hold your finger there. We're going to jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 21. As we make our faith declaration over the word of God, as we prepare ourselves, I want you to repeat after me real loudly and strongly. Would you repeat, today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready, and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. Say that again. I believe what the word says about me. Shall I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. 
Say again, no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Shall I more than a conqueror? I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, pass that over your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Come on, find another neighbor. Talk to them for a second. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Come on, prophesy over this house. Point to the four walls. Say, wealth and riches shall be in this house. I feel a little lacking. Point to me and give me some. Say, wealth and riches shall be in apostle's house. Come on, shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. Now shout, I'm blessed. Shout, I'm blessed. Shout, I'm blessed. Now shout, amen, if you would. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you can. Hallelujah. So we find ourselves in the scripture on today. Are you there? I gave you time to get there. First John chapter number two, verse five. Chapter two, verse number five. The word of the Lord declares. But whoso keepeth his word. Hmm. Ask your neighbor, are you a whoso? But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. Yeah, come on, underline that word, this, that statement. We are in him. It's going to be important for you later to understand that statement. We are in him. He that said that he abided in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Uh, let me read that again. He that said that, uh, he, that said that he abided in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. The prophet that has gone astray, Kanye West said, Jesus walked. You know, as I said, the prophet that's gone astray. Because it was a prophetic word. And watch this. Sometimes God will give you a word from unseemly places. That's why you got to learn how to chew the meat and spit out the bones. You got to learn to see the spirit behind the thing and not the thing of which the spirit is proceeding from. You, you got to know that sometimes God will use even a donkey. If I was in King James, I would say sometimes God will even use a, but no, some of y'all can't handle that right now. God will speak to whom he needs to speak through if he needed to speak through them to you. It'd be an alcoholic on the, a drunk on the corner. That if God has a prophetic word to release in your life. And they won't even know it. They'll just be declaring, thus said the Lord. And, and you'll be like, oh, Lord, that's God. I was sitting in the gymnasium. We were doing a soup kitchen for our church on the levee outreach. And as we were sitting in the gymnasium, the guys were playing basketball. They were getting their physical fitness in. And while I was sitting there on the bench watching, cheering them on, this man walked in the building. He reeked of alcohol. You could smell him from 20 feet away. Came down, sat next to me on the bench. And as he sat next to me, Dory, he began to prophesy into my life. Now, I'm not talking about you're going to be blessed in 30 days type of thing. I'm not talking about tomorrow you're going to wake up and the joy of the Lord is going to be you. Of course, you know, that kind of stuff. He began to tell me things nobody knew. It had to be God. It was God. It was only God. 
got up, stumbled, and walked off the building, never saw him again. Now, if I was so religious and sanctimonious, I would begin to judge, watch the vessel of which God chose to use. Hey, God. <laughs> Jesus walked. Drop down. Let's, let's go verse number 28. I'm going to let you sit in a second, I promise. If you act too bad, I'm going to let you stand in the corner, but... Verse number 28, and now little children abide in him. There it is again, abide in him. Underline that, abide in him. We're in him, abide in him. We're in him, abide in him. That when he shall appear, he God, that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Dance over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and I'll let you be seated. Verse number 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin. (laughs) So that we could become right with God through Christ Jesus. One translation says that we may become the righteousness of God. We confess it every week in our faith confession, declaration. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout in him. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for what you have done and what you shall do. Father, we bless now this word, for it is already blessed. But we declare it, God, with power and authority. Father, use my mouth as your mouth. For the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in my mouth. (laughs) So, Father, I declare what you say. So that the power of which you said it can manifest here in the earth realm. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh God. Okay. We got to slay some religious demons today. Amen. Take your neighbor. Hold tight. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of religious spirit that's going to be upset today. So, so of course, we, as I stated, uh, as we're taking this time to really feature some of the uh, businesses and whatnot, we're highlighting R&B treasures out in the foyer. So today's message is R&B treasures, righteous and bold. Amen. You, you saw R&B and you thought rhythm and blues, but I see righteous and bold. I see redeemed and blessed. That's what I see. And, and as I wrestled with the Lord on this message, uh, he, I, I thought, man, Lord, we're redeemed and blessed. That'll be good, God. Your people you need to know that they have been redeemed and they're blessed. That's good, right? Yeah. You got any redeemed folk in the house today? Because when you are redeemed, you're automatically blessed. They go hand in hand. Okay. So, so that's hand in hand. But, but then the Lord said, no, I need you to deal with this spirit that's in the church. I need you to kill this religious spirit that has hindered my people from walking in the fullness thereof. Because we don't walk in the boldness that God has created us to walk in. Why? It's because we don't understand righteousness. 
probably one of the most powerful revealed truths of the word of God is about your righteousness. And we're going to deal with it today. So the book, uh, Webster's defines righteousness as this. It's characterized by uprightness and morality. That's how Webster defines righteous. It's characterized by uprightness and morality. Uh, Webster's go on to say it's also moral, right, and justifiable. Sounds good so far, right? It also goes on to define it as acting in an upright, moral way and being virtuous. Somebody shout righteous. Ask your neighbor, are you righteous? So that's man's way of trying to define what righteousness is. You ever heard this statement? Uh, It goes something like this. Righteousness is being in rights with God. Righteousness is being in right standing with God. How many of you heard that before? Let me see a show of hands. Some of y'all, it's not a trick question. Amen. How many of you have said that before? I'm in right standing with God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? There's nothing you can do right to be righteous in God's eyesight. All of your doing, all of your pursuing to be right, there's nothing you can do to be right for God. Matter of fact, your best efforts to do right is still never enough. Oh, man, that's hard, God. Everything I do, I'm trying to be righteous, and I just keep falling short. You will always keep falling short. So your man-made efforts and your pursuit to be righteous is in vain because the more you do, really, the more you should do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So righteousness, by man's definition, will always find yourself falling short of the righteousness of God. We're killing this religious spirit, I told you. So in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 22, it says, This righteousness, watch this, is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So in other words, I obtain righteousness not by what I do, but I obtain righteousness by my belief. Some of y'all are trying to do to be right when that's all you got to do is to believe to be right. <laughs> you just got to have faith in Christ and what he done and believe in the one who done it for you. That's what make you righteous. This is key because you got to understand this because you're going to get out there and try to open doors for old ladies and help them across the street. You're going to try to serve in church and do all of this stuff and give and be on the deacon board and all of this stuff. And, you know, come to church faithfully and pray and fast and tithe and read and and pray and fast. You're going to do all of that stuff with the hopes of being righteous and still, thank you, TJ, still bust hell wide open. Okay, and you think I'm being petty. But Jesus, did we not prophesy your name? Heal in your name? Cast out devils in your name? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That would, they came and said, Lord, Lord. They called him as Lord. Knew him to be Lord. And they said, we've done all of this stuff. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. In other words, you were trying to do what you thought was right to be right in my eyesight. 
You thought all of your good works and all of your good deeds, you thought just because you gave alms to the poor that you fed the poor and you clothed the naked, you gave shelter to those who were shelterless. You thought by doing all of those things, you was going to be right with me. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. That, that sounds kind of harsh, huh? Well, God, I've been serving all this time. You tell me, you still telling me to depart? Yeah, you know why? Because your heart wasn't in it. You was doing it with your own impure motives. You, you had motives in what you were doing. You wanted people to see what you were doing. You wanted the world to know that you were gracious and that you were kind, that you were a giver and a doer. You wanted the people to see. You want, watch this, you wanted them to see you and not me. Oh, you was glad when they clapped hands and gave you awards and put your name in the papers and brick lights and all of those things. You just wanted this. He says, you got the very thing that you were looking for. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So your righteousness is not, is not obtained by what you do. It's not about a doing. Tell your name, it's not about a doing. It's about believing. It's about believing. Watch this. Right doing doesn't equal right standing. It's right believing. Because you know some people who do some stuff right, but they're still not right with God. Oh, God. Come on. Y'all know some good people, but they don't love Jesus. They got some people who do a lot of right things, a lot of good things, but they don't know God. They got a lot of people who donate a lot of money to charities and and to all kind of organizations. They do good stuff, but they don't know the God that you know. So right standing does not, uh, right doing does not equal right standing. Because you couldn't stand before a holy God anyway. The best thing you could do is just bow. So this is what religion teaches us about righteousness and holiness. Religion teaches us that righteousness is right doing equals right position. Long as I do right, I'm going to be right with God. That's what religion say. If you do right, you're going to be all right. People come into the church and they give their life to Christ and we give them rules of what they need to do. And we just do right. You're going to be good. Stop drinking. Stop smoking. Stop cussing. You know. And you're going to be good with God. Stop fornicating. Y'all quiet. And you're going to be good with God. I know people who stop smoking. Stop cussing. Stop fornicating. They did all that stuff. Still wasn't right with God. So it doesn't equal right position with God. It don't. Tell you a minute. It don't. Religion teaches this about holiness. Religion teaches about holiness. Religion teaches as not doing equals right living. That's what religion says about holiness. Not doing equals right living. What do I mean by not doing? Don't cut your hair. Don't wear pants. Don't wear makeup. Some religion says that don't cut your beard. 
Don't get no tattoos. Don't get no piercings. Not doing all of those things is going to equal right living. They got some people with tattoos from head to toe that know Jesus far better than some of us in here. Y'all ain't ready for me today. They got some people with piercings all and up down their bodies and know Jesus far better than half of us in this building. So, so it is not the doing, it is not the doing that causes us to be right with God. It is the not doing that does not call us right to be with God. It is us believing in the one who gave his life so that we could be right. That's righteousness. That's holiness. So there are three things. Write these things down. We're going to take notes because you're here. You might as well get something while you're here to take home with you. Three things about righteousness. Number one, it is not earned. It is given through an exchange. It is not earned, but it's given through an exchange. What do you mean exchange? In other words, I have to exchange my unrighteousness for his righteousness. It's an exchange that takes place. So watch, if it's a gift, it is to be given. He gives us righteousness as a gift, but you got to receive it. Righteousness can't be earned. We're going to find that out in a second. It's something that he gives. There has to be an exchange. My life for his. Watch this. Jesus came down from heaven as a king to live as a peasant so that he can exchange his royalty for your unrighteousness. That's what he did. He who knew not sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. So watch. He knew not sin but became. So righteousness is not an act of doing. Hear it. It's a state of being. (laughs) Y'all missed that. So it's not me doing stuff. It's me becoming righteous. He knew not sin, but became sin. He didn't commit a sin. He became sin. So as he became sin, we became righteous. He didn't do the sin. He became sin. See, you thought that sin was the activities you did with your physical body. That is a byproduct of your state of being. Sin is not what you do. Sin is who you are. And because you are, you do. You were born in shape and iniquity, formed in fashion. You came out of sin. You have fallen short of the glory of God. When you came out your mother's womb, you were a sinner before you ever sinned. Before you did anything, you came out wrong. You was a sinner. Because if you had words at that time, you would have cussed the doctor out when he smacked you on the honey. You came out a sinner. You were sinning before your activity ever manifested. So that is a state of, somebody shout a state of being. And because of that state, you now manifest all of these activities. Whoremongering, lying, thieving, all of that stuff. That's why when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he gives you a new nature. So you no longer have that sin nature in you. You have this righteousness now. Hallelujah. 
So righteousness is a state of being. We become righteous when we give our life to Christ. Oh, that's good. Okay, okay. All right, we're killing the, killing the religious spirit, right? So that's number one. It's not earned. That's an exchange. Number two, it's not bought. It's paid for. So you can't work for something that's already paid for. Hello. Amen. It would be foolish of you to work for something that's already paid for. If I tell you I have a brand new iPhone 14, I'm going to gift it to you. It'd be foolish for you to say, well, you got, uh, um, can I wash your car for it? Can I come and clean your house? Why would you do when I, for some, something that's already gifted to you? Why would you try to work for something that has already been paid, is laid out for you? Somebody shout, that's foolishness. So, so when it comes down to the righteousness of God, we're trying to work for something that Christ's blood already paid for. And that's what the church teaches you. Oh, you, you, you got to be in church every week. You got to do this. You got to do that. That's religion. Somebody shout, that's religion. Here's number three. Number three. It's not temporary. It's eternal. I clap myself. Righteousness is not temporary. It's eternal. <laughs> Righteousness is eternal. How can you make that declaration, that claim, apostle? Because it's not your righteousness, it's his righteousness. And he's a righteous God who's an everlasting, eternal God. So his righteousness is not a temporary state where you can take it on and take it off. It's eternal. Because he's an eternal God. So when the righteousness of God comes upon you, it's everlasting. Okay. I told you that tradition, religious spirit, we're about to kill. Ephesians chapter number one, I'm going to give you word to go with it. Somebody shout, give me word. Verse number three, it says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout, in Christ Jesus. Remember, I had you underline that because it's important to know that you're in him. Verse number four, for he chose us in him, somebody shout, in him, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Oh, God, that'll mess you up right there. He chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy. (laughs) When he created the world, He already chose you, watch this, in holiness. You were chosen to be holy. Not to become holy or to do holiness, but he he chose you in holiness. That's why it has nothing to do with what you do and do not do. To be blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us for adoption To sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Many people struggle with this text because in the religious sectors, predestination, they they think that predestination means that I have already been predetermined whether I'm going to be saved or unsaved. And those who predetermine fall on the side that I'm going to be saved, they think they can live their life, amen, Hallelujah. Somebody just ran the devil out the door. Amen. 
Thank you, Brother Brian. Kick him out. Kick the devil. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, everybody, y'all, stay focused. Tell your name, stay focused. So watch. They say, well, I have been predestined to be saved. So because I have been predestinated to be saved, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live because God's going to save me in the end anyway. So I just go on, keep on sinning and doing what I'm doing because in the end, the grace of God, because I'm saved, but he's going to save me because I have been predestined. Pre, pre, I have a predetermined destination. So we, we, we try to figure out God's perfect plan and will in this text by saying, well, God has already predestined me to be saved. That's man's understanding of predestination. That is not so. This is how predestination works in God. God goes, he predetermines the end result, settles it, finish it, fashion it, done. He then goes back to the end, call you into this predestined place. You, how many of y'all have a GPS in your car? Or maybe on your phone. When you go on somewhere, you put the, your destination, your predetermined destination in your GPS, right? Your, the end result. Where you're trying to go. You put that in the end. You put your, where you are. It, it has what's called a location finder. It's a, a geo mapping. It tells by satellites tell where you are. And then you put where you want to go. So God takes in his GPS, his global positioning satellite. God in his GPS, God positioning system. He places in where he wants you to go. And he now calls you to that place. Have you ever been traveling and the GPS tells you to turn right and you turn left? And you turn left and it says turn right at the next and you turn left. What does it say? Re recalculate. Now. The destination hadn't changed. What changed? Somebody over here said what changed? The destination is the same, but I changed. I went the wrong way. God determined for me to be here, but my flesh said I want to go here. God said I want you with me, but I want to be with Jane and Jeff, and I want to be with somebody else. I took the wrong route, but God says I still want you on this route. I called you to be destined to be with me, but in the process of you trying to get to me, you got recalculated because you went off a route. So then, then, so predestination says that God, he wants us to be with him, but we got to follow the map. We, we, we got to follow the instructions. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, follow the instructions. He says, if you do it this way, then you can get right to me. You can't do it. Tell your neighbor, you can't do it your way. Tell me it's not Burger King. Okay. So, so people struggle with that. They try to use this as a way to live the life that they want to live, but not the way God wants to live. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. We're killing the witch today. Amen. Verse number six says, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse number seven. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the richness of God's grace that he lavished on us. 
Oh, he just pours it out over and over and over. With our wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure. Y'all ever heard this statement before? God works in mysterious ways. How many of you have said that before? Something happened, oh, God works in mysterious ways. I don't know what that do, but that make you feel more spiritual, huh? Ha, ha, boy. Can I tell you something? God don't work in mysterious ways. He just works in ways you don't understand. Because God doesn't want to be mysterious to you. It says right here, God wants his ways known. He wants his mysteries known unto you. God wants you to know his ways. Woo, Jesus. God loves you enough. He says, listen, I want you to know me so well that you know how I move. I want you to know my way so that every time something happens your way that is good, you can give me the glory because you know I did it. I want you to know my way so that when something happens, you glory, God did it. Because you're giving glory to the other stuff. Something did it. Something told me. Somehow, some way, calmer, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, the energy of the earth. Oh, the universe is speaking. Giving credit where credit don't belong. And God says, I want you to know my ways. So when it comes down to me making a way for you, you'll know who to give credit to. He says to make known the mysteries according to his will, his good pleasure, which he has purpose in Christ. I'm almost done. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Underline that in your Bible, under Christ. Because here it is again, verse number 11. In him. Somebody shout, in him. In him we were chosen, also chosen. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Verse number 12. In order that we. Somebody shout, we. uh, Who were the first to put the hope in Christ might be in might be for the praise of his glory. Drop down to verse number 15, and I'm going to settle and land here. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for God. Remembering you in my prayers, Paul is writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, the Ephesians, and, uh, and, uh, and as he's writing this letter, he's admonishing them. And verse number 17 says, I keep asking that the God of your Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit, here it is, of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Somebody shout, God wants me to know him. Verse number 18, I pray the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Somebody shall have been called. And his incomparable great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. For far above rule and authority, power and dominion and over every name that is evoked, 
Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God. Somebody shout, and God. And God placed all things. This is going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind. This revelation say, no one wants you to hear it. It's one of God's revealed truths. And God placed all things under his feet. Come on, do me a, do me a favor right fast. Just look up under your shoe right fast. And somebody shout all things. All things, all things. That's important. That's a prophetic motion you just did. And he appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his holy body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Y'all got that? Okay, let's go. Here we go. Finish taking notes. We're in class, y'all. Taking that we're in class. Shh. Got to, shh. Don't talk to me. We're in class. These are what, we, what I call the R&B hot tracks. Yeah, since the message is R&B, righteous. Okay. So, y'all remember hot tracks on the radio? Top 10, top 20. Y'all too young. They too young to remember that. Okay. So these are R&B hot tracks, the righteous and bold hot tracks. Number one, the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. Write that down. Number two, revelation in the knowledge of his will. Number three, hope of his calling. Somebody says, slow up. My bad. See that? Number one, the spirit. I felt that in my spirit. Somebody was like, slow down. Spirit of wisdom. Revelation in the knowledge of his will. Somebody shout, you doing good, apostle. Okay. Hope of his calling. Still writing. I heard you. I heard you. Hope of his calling. Number four, greatness of his power. And number five, seated position. Now, I'm going to give you some revealed truth because you cannot take spiritual things into, uh, carnal things into spiritual things. Okay? You cannot take a carnal mind to understand spiritual things. Okay? So I need you to take your carnal mind off and put your spiritual mind on. Okay? Here it is. 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 16. And we have known and believed the love of God that God had to us. God is love. Somebody shout amen to that. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Remember, we underline we're in him. Right? We're in him. Here's the revealed truth that Satan doesn't want you to know. Verse number 17. Herein, in our love made perfect. That we may have the boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is. Oh, Jesus. As he is. Is present tense. 
Not as he was. Notice it didn't say as he was. As he is. As he was would have been good, right? Because Jesus walked on the earth, performed miracle signs, and one of his demons was cast out. As he was, was good. If I can achieve and attain that just as he was, I'll be like, yes, praise God, I'm like he was. Amen. Look at me. But it says, as he How is he right now? Seated. In heavenly places. Above power, domain, and authority. Above every name. As he seated at the right hand of the Father. This is how he is right now. So as he is, guess what you are? Watch. Not when you get to heaven. But here on earth, not when you get into glory in the by and by, not when you get with the saints that go marching in. No, he says, as he is now, so are we in the earth realm, seated above all powers and principalities, above all wickedness in heavenly place. I'm seated in him above all that stuff. That's why when sickness come your way, remind them of your righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God seated above all powers, principalities, and wickedness. You under my feet. Peasant. Shoe. Peasant. Because I'm seated in Christ Jesus. So when I show up, guess who shows up? See, you heard this thing about Christianity. Remember, we're killing the witch today. Uh, you heard this thing about Christianity. Christianity is to be Christ. That's wrong. I won't be like Christ. See, that's crazy, huh? You ever seen somebody who looked like somebody? But they not that body? They got some of the similarities. They kind of look like them. And you run up behind, hey, hey, Rachel. Oh, I thought you was Rachel. My bad. You look like her. Satan doesn't flee from likeness. Because <laughs> you perpetrating like Christ. And he didn't want you to be like Christ. He wants you to be as Christ. Want you to be as Christ, not like Christ, because it's likely that you won't be like Christ all the time. So he says, I want you to be as Christ, because as Christ, you're in Christ. When you show up, Christ shows up. Because I'm in him. I'm in him. I'm in him. Because my natural body, when you woke up this morning, did anything change about your physical nature? You still had the same hair that you went to sleep with. Well, hopefully. Some of it maybe happened left on the pillow. On that mannequin in your closet. But your physical nature didn't change. When you woke up, you was the same you that went to sleep in the first place. Hey, Doc. How is you? It ain't nothing changed. But every time you get up, you get in. Oh, y'all missed that. When you get up, you got in. Because you were in Christ Jesus. Every time you get up, 
You win. Okay. When I wake up in the morning, I wake up righteous. I can't wait to do right to be right. I wake up right because I'm in him. Because if my righteousness was predicated on what I do to be right, I may miss a moment to do right and miss out on being right with God. Are you hearing me? That's what Satan don't want you to know, that once you give your life to Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. A righteous man falls seven times, but he get back up again. Why? Because I'm not getting up in my own strength. I'm getting up in the strength of God, in the righteousness. Seek ye the kingdom of God first and his not mine it's his righteousness pulling me up it's his righteousness that says I want to stay down I want to stay waddling and see his righteousness say nope you see the heavenly places in me come on up here come on up come on come on up come on up come on up you can't stay down get back up again oh but I fell again get back up again Oh, Father, I fell again. Get back up again. Oh, I fell again. But get back up again. God, I stood up again. Get back up again. I fell and I fell and get back up again. Why? Because you thought you were washed in the blood, but really, and covered in the blood, but really, you're covered by Christ. See, that's what religion says. Oh, I've been washed and redeemed in the blood. That God sees me through the blood. He don't see you through the blood. He see you through Christ, as Christ, because of the blood. Okay. Put that up on the screen. He, he, he don't see you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you as Jesus because of the blood. Because you're in him. Uh, let me help you understand that. God doesn't put on bloody roses, masmerate glasses that's covered in blood and look at you. He, he don't look at you through the blood. Oh, I see. No. He sees you as his son because you're in him. So when he look at you, he don't see you. He sees Jesus. When he look at you. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Hey, daughter. Come on in. Come on, sit with me. I got a spot for you right here. At the right hand, come on and sit down with me. Come on and let's have a little talk. Come and talk to me. I really want us. That's the righteousness of God. And you have to understand that Satan don't want you to know about your righteous standing in God. That it's not about what you do. It's about what you believe about what was done for you. He gave his life. Watch. He gave up his robes of royalty to take on rags so that you can be adorned in robes of righteousness. He gave up his spot to take your spot on the cross of which you and I should have hung from. He said, give up your spot. I got you covered. Take my spot. A divine exchange your life for my life so now I take on your life pay for the penalty of sins that your life is owed to pay so you can take on my life 
there was a movie years ago these twins had uh they they were separated at birth i think it was or uh, something like that and 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 what happened was was one lived an impoverished life one uh, lived a rich life and they they had a divine meeting they connected somewhere like in a store or something and they looked and said man you look like me we're twins and they found out they were actually sisters so they swapped places so, so, so the one who lived an impoverished life became her sister living a wealthy life. And the one who lived a wealthy life uh, lived like an impoverished life because she had more freedom, she thought, in that environment. But they exchanged positions. When Christ died, he changed positions with him. I'm going to become as you to pay the price for the penalty of sin of which you cannot handle the pain. And I want you to become me. So now you can sit in the heavenlies. As I am. So are you. As I am. So are you. Satan don't want you to know that you have this type of authority here in the earth realm. You waiting to get to heaven to operate in authority. To be seated in heavenly places. God says I'm giving that authority here in the earth realm. So when sickness and disease come your way, remind it of your righteous position of which you can stand righteously and bold. When poverty come your way, take your position. When this world seems to be going awry, just take your position at the right hand of the Father. Because as he is, no, so am I. Come on, make it personal. Say, as he is, so am I. Seated in heavenly places. Hey, Father, look. There's some sickness coming in my family. I have authority and dominion. Send healing. Father, there's... There's, there's reconciliation that needs to take place in my family. Sin re- reconciliation. The, Father, the, there, there is generational curses that need to be broken. Because I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the right hand side, it, it signifies authority and power. So now I can speak to those things. Not from an earthly position, but from a heavenly position. But because I am as he is in the earth realm, when I speak here, it's the same thing as me speaking up there. Um, Sing your word, Father. Because of my righteousness in him, as he is, so am I. And it's eternal. Because I don't have to wrestle with flesh and blood. Because of my position in him. Because I'm in him, the battle is already won. Come on, bow your heads all over this place. So I feel that some of you have been wrestling with even your salvation. Guilt and condemnation has plagued your mind. I love God, but I just have trouble with trying to shake some things in my life. I'm struggling with some things. I'm wrestling with some things. I'm, I'm troubled and tormented by some things. I, I try to do right, but I can't find myself doing right. I, I want to be right, but I keep doing stuff that is not right. 
I, I, I want to be right with God. I want to be right with Him, but I just, my flesh keep getting the best of me. I love God with all my heart. Yes, I do. I love Him, but this world keep calling me. Keep struggling. Even in my mind, I'm wrestling with some stuff. Wrestling with my identity, my sexuality. I'm wrestling with my purpose and my calling. I'm wrestling. I'm, I'm battling these things. I'm wrestling with my flesh and the decisions that I have made. I'm wrestling with my hopes and my desires. I really want to love God with all my heart, but I want to live like the rest of the people live. They seem to have so much fun. I want to go to the club too. They seem like they have fun when they're drinking and smoking. I want to do that too. But can I still love God at the same time? Wrestling, 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 wrestling wrestling we ain't married yet but we love one another we still have the same benefits wrestling and see that's what Satan comes he comes to plague your mind with guilt and condemnation but the moment you decide I'm going to live as he lived as he is then the stronghold of that guilt that's holding you will lose you. Now, here's the thing with this type of righteousness. Some will say, well, are you giving me a license to sin? No, what I'm giving you a license to do is to enter deeper into the presence of God. That when you enter in deeper, the things that are holding you in this worldly uh, realm won't hold you as tightly. You'll find it loosening off. Because you're walking in Him. And GPS will say go left and you're going to go left. GPS going to say go right and you're going to go right. Your flesh is going to desire to go an opposite way. But because you're in him, if you've ever been a passenger in somebody's car that's taking you to a place you don't want to go, you still got to go with them. I don't want to go that route. Well, this is the route we're going. Should have never gotten my car. I got to stop at Auntie uh, Nana house. And, and you say, I don't want to go there. Well, you got to go anyway. That's where I'm going. Because you're in Christ Jesus. He'll take you to the place that he needs to take you. And you will make that predestined location. If you're here today. And you're struggling with some things. It's been rough. Your relationship with God is in shambles. You try to read and it's hard. You try to pray, it's hard. Try to, try to make it to church, but yeah. Bedside Baptist some Sundays. I'm going to watch it online. I'm going to turn it on, but I ain't really paying attention. And that's you today. Maybe you don't know Christ in the part in your sins. Today is the day. This is the moment. Maybe you're backslidden, done some things wrong. Done some things wrong done some things wrong done some things wrong done some things wrong and you would say father today I want to get it right today I want to make sure it's right I made some mistakes but today I want to get it right if that's you today simply slip your hand in there if that's you backslidden done some things wrong but you want to get it right want to accept Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior if that's you today lift your hand in there 
Father, we thank you. Saints ought to be praying. Pray for your neighbor right now. The spirit of pride may come upon them and say that, you know what, I'm good. I gave my life to Christ when I was eight years old. I've been good. I've been good. I ain't done too much bad. The, the spirit of pride will come up and say, I don't need to lift my hand. I'm already, already right with God. You're right with him for what reason? For what he can do for you? For what you can receive from him? If that's you today, make a decision to follow him all the way. Thank you, Father. Praying for your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, do you need to make a decision? Talk to your neighbor, do the work of evangelists. Do you need to make a decision today? Thank you. There's one. I believe there's one other today. Who say, today is the day I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision. If that's you today, lift your hand. Listen, don't worry. We all had to go down this road before. We all had at one point had to make a decision. So don't let this pride thing hold you back. What your neighbor going to think about you? If that's you, make the decision today. Father, we thank you. We bless you. God, we give you glory. My last appeal to you today, you don't have a church home. Whether it's even you online. You don't have a church home. You feel the spirit of God calling you to connect and to be a part of this family of faith. If that's you today, I don't care if it's your first time. Because <laughs> sometimes your first time would be the last time. So you're here today and you say, oh, it's my first time. But, but maybe this is the experience God wanted you always to have. Maybe this is exactly what you need and what you were looking for. If that's you today, I need a church home. I don't have one, but I'm connecting today. Lift your hand in there if that's you. Wave it high. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you glory. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Even for those of you online, if you don't have a church home, you simply text the word JOIN to 361-2016 if that is you on today. All standing all over the place. Look at your neighbor and say, live righteously and boldly. Yeah. Live righteously and boldly. That is a truth revealed in God's word for the believers today. To live righteous and bold. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for the church to speak out. It's time for the church to live out. As he is. So are we. In the world. Father we thank you now for your word. I pray now God. Each and every person at the sound of my voice. As they have experienced. As they have experienced Lord God. Your presence. By the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray today God. That they will walk out righteously and boldly before every principality and wickedness that they will face this week. Let them come with a spirit of boldness, God. Let them come, Lord God, in a posture and a position of righteousness which you have paid for. God, we bless now, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody shout amen and amen. If you're here for the first, second, or even third time, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you in the foyer. God bless you and keep you my prayer. Don't forget to support our future business on today in the foyer. On Jesus, God bless you.
ball too. So, hey, he, I mean, honestly, let me be honest. I don't know him good, but uh, Taysom Hill is keeping us in. He just scored our only, only two touchdowns. Yeah. Hey, he cutting up today, bro.